Trubisky, I can at least walk through and be like, at least we went for the guy that we wanted. That's fine. Mitch is a quarterback that we never wanted. You know, you saw... You guys before the show, a lot of people like this one as well. That's the one! That's the one! <laughs> Same this guy... Up. John, you my man! You my man! I love this one! This one's a keeper. I don't care about anybody else. I can remove my team. That's a keeper. Jaleen, this one's good. <laughs> I'm go if he brought if my sister brought him home I'd be terrified <laughs> <laughs> but he but seems like, so sweet at the same oh, time does, with his glasses with his glasses I get yeah. it also voices from everywhere and I always talk about this uh, for the fan, by the fans for the fans you know what I'm saying and so you guys have a unique way of being able to do what you guys do and I just want to tell you guys thank you so much because I see you if I see you, that means you guys are out there, and that's always good. Young, as long as you're not going to be a Green Bay Packer, I'll have to put that out there. I'll have to put that out there. You can go anywhere else. Hey, as long as hey. you don't go to Green Bay, we're okay. I know, I know, right? No, I appreciate you guys having me and the support, man. Honestly, like, I think... We're on this. <laughs> guys, try and remain professional and compose yourself in your good sake. <laughs> we... This uh, this whole show is getting deleted, guys. Just so you know, no, it's not. It's, ne- it's never <laughs> going to be on. What is up, guys? Welcome back to the Irish Bear Show. As you can see, we are sans Kieran this evening. Um, while the cat's away, the mice will play. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'm joined here by uh, two of uh, our regular hosts, uh, Anthony and Noel. Anthony, first, how you doing, man? How's things? Oh, it's going to be punter's hour, Kieran. It's going to be punter's hour. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, great, my man. I'm, uh, I'm back in the Emerald Isle. I was away for a couple of days. or move on the move to Sweden, if people don't know. So I'm in the move, so I'm back in the Emerald Isle. I'm back in my mother's house, so God knows what's behind me. So anyone wants to comment on that, please work away. <laughs> yeah, no, I was. Uh, we were talking just before we came on the air, and it's like, Kieran's away. What things can we talk about that he doesn't like to talk about? And punters was the very first thing. Admittedly, I don't <laughs> like talking about punters that much either, but <laughs> I'm all right. Like, I'll do it for the sake of just winding Kieran up. So uh, I'm here for that. No, man, how's how's it going with you? All good. All good. I'm, I'm just fired up for this punter show now. I mean, this is there's not going to be many Bears punter shows out there on the web. So we are cornering the market. Love it. Oh, <laughs> we should we should do this though, Tony. If we can get to a point where this is like a segment in the show for every show we do, like a punter's corner, like a five minutes where we have to every single Irish bear show talk about punters for five minutes. When it comes to game time, maybe you could do it like that, where do it like a play by play as to how the punters are doing. I'm all for it. <laughs> Well, don't forget, we can put kickers in there and long snappers as well. The long snapper is the underrated player on the team. Why? why we'll why? discuss that in the next show, Tony. Let's <laughs> yeah, no, we, we, we can't fit all that into an hour. Do you know what I mean? So we, we'll need to do that over three different segments. We'll earmarked and... after a big show. That's the one. Absolutely. Absolutely. But um, but yeah, um, so for, for everyone listening, no, we're not actually going to talk about punters for the next hour. Um, it might come up. It might come up. But it's not going to be our, our kind of main go to um we kind of just wanted to have a chat you know we haven't had just a chat for a while um go on talk about the bears shoot the shit have a beer if you're having a beer cheers um if you're not then also cheers um but yeah so obviously the the, the big main thing that's happened over the next or sort of the last couple of days has been the uh the mini uh rookie mini camp that's, that's happened um and uh you know obviously with the rookie mini camp it doesn't tell you really anything's going to happen 
but it's good to get the rookies out there, you know, shortly after getting drafted, um, get them in uh, to the setup, uh, and kind of just throw as much at them and see what sticks. So I think I looked at there was 69 players at the rookie mini camp. 11, obviously, of them are were the draft picks. Um, so a lot of guys in there with an opportunity to impress. A lot, of, a lot of places on this Bears team this year as well, Anthony. And I think that's one of the main things. Um, you know, and one of the things that's going to attract people come at the Bears to try out is the fact that they do have a lot of space. They do have this new regime in place, and there is an opportunity for new people to get in there and make a name for themselves. Yeah, and you've also got to remember that that Ryan Pottles was the UDFA himself, if memory serves me right, and and therefore there's a knowledgeable information that's what they're there. We were only speaking about this offline as well. I think I think Bears fans, we need to realise that these new guys coming in don't really want a lot to do with the past. They want to create their own future and create their own present. And I think it's really, really going to be really cool to see exactly what UDFA comes out of it. And there's always a couple every year yeah, that kind of that kind of surprise everybody and go on. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing this this uh, draft class get going. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to football being on. It was great to even see little snippets, even though I'm going to have my rant, as I always do, the Chicago Bears website, the Chicago Bears uh, social media with their 55 second clip of the whole day. Can they please, for the love of God, give us more content than they do? The little yeah. content they did give, I mean, yeah, Gordon looks... Look, there was that one clip where he's running backwards, doing shuttle runs across, and then suddenly jumping probably, I was going to say, the size of my house to catch a ball. I'm really looking forward to seeing him. I'm looking forward to seeing Karen trying to throw to him. That'll be fun. <laughs> no, absolutely. And and that's the thing about the rookie minicamp, because up until this point, the guys know how to play football. Okay, They've been in camps and you know pre-seasons and all this kind of thing before. But this is the first time that they've been in a pro setup. And that's that's the one thing that I always think is important for these guys. And obviously, Iberflu um, said it himself this week. The overall part of this experience is to learn how to function as a pro. You know, because there is there is a difference, and there's there, there there's not even just the foot on the on the field kind of stuff. There's everything else they'll be learning while they're there. You know, this is how you know you should behave here, and this is how to react to someone online and. You know, you're going to get all this money soon and you know how to handle it. And, all. you know, that these next couple of weeks are really, really important in terms of not only shaping the footballer, but shaping the man, you know, and, and, and how they're going to kind of progress as they go along. Um, no, what, what are your kind of thoughts on on what you've kind of heard about what's been going on over the weekend in terms of the mini camp? Um, anything kind of jump out at you or is it just another kind of bog standard rookie mini camp weekend? Uh, well, the, the first thing that jumps out is the amount of bodies that are there this time. I mean, because normally when it comes to our draft picks, we don't have too many. So as you say, to have 11 actual draft picks in there, as well as then the other guys who came in, I mean, I, th- I think that's great. Um, look, the more numbers we have in there, because as it said already, th- this team has holes everywhere. So the like the, the, the goal is there for these guys. If you really, really want to go to a team where there's a chance to, to shine and, and to get in there, even through special teams to, to make that kind of a chance, this is it. So yeah, it's just, it's, it's as Anthony says, just, just not a whole lot to talk about the mini camp because it's, it's hard to actually find a lot of content on exactly what's going on out there. But um, yeah, no, again, I mean, that, that clip of Gordon, I saw that as well. He looks good. Uh, they had some really good things to say about Vellis Jr. coming in. You know, they're talking about he came in in a suit, had his own whiteboard. And the fact that he's a little bit older, maybe 
he feels he, he knows a bit more what, what this chance he has now, you know, he knows what's more on, on the line in terms of <clears throat> what's happening. But no, it's just, I mean, so far it's all good. Now, look, you'd be worried if there was any bad stories coming out. You wouldn't expect any at this point. But just to get those guys back in there again, as you say, to, to, to give them a glimpse of what it's like to be an NFL player and for the coaches to really see these guys and see, you know, because I know pre-draft they get to meet them the odd bit and, and talk to them, but now they really get to see them up close. They get to see their tendencies, their habits, their work ethic, you know, if they really have it. And it's 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 fun to see them back, but it is an important time as well. And then for our coaches, it's it's our coaching staff actually really – I know we had small OTAs there recently, but it, it's our coaching staff getting more experience with players and, and – you know, Getsy as the offensive coordinator getting in there to start kind of putting his plan in place with the, the players he can. So, yeah, look, it's it's fun to see. It's great to have it back. And, and it is an important time because it's when everything is really starting to kick in now. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I like one of the things that Eberflus is doing in terms of reaching out to the the kind of Chicago Bears legends, if you like, you know, the guys that have been here in the past and getting them in and saying, you know, this is, this is what it was like then. Get ready for that. This is, a, you know, again... All part of this learning experience. Obviously, we had Charles Tillman come in in day one there, um, and, and kind of surprised everyone off the back of a, a kind of video uh, that was ran. Uh, and I think um, Kyler Gordon was was kind of shocked. He was like, "Why, why are we watching this video on Charles Tillman?" And all of a sudden, Charles Tillman walks around the back of him, and like, that as as a, as a young player and a young corner, especially coming into the league and having Charles Tillman just appear, you know, over your shoulder, giving you all this advice. That's that's just phenomenal, but um, you know that that I like the approach that the Eberflus has with that, and and what he wants to try and instill. Talking about Kyler Gordon, obviously a lot of eyes were on him, and and Brisker has been the kind of two top draft picks um, coming into um, uh, rookie minicamp. Um, they spoke with um, with the DC over the I think it was yesterday, and they were talking about what he envision Gordon's role being in this team. Um, and he basically just came out and said, you know, we're going to give him one thing to kind of concentrate on a time. He's going to start out as the outside corner, and then we're going to go for there. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Anthony, in terms of is that pretty much as we expected for Gordon coming in here to play opposite Jalen Johnson? Or do you think maybe he's going to have some sort of chance to be versatile, play in that nickel, or is that Tavon Young's job to lose? Yeah, I think I think it's what's great about it is we don't have a clue. And I mean that in the nicest possible way because in the past, as we've always said, we kind of knew where shit Matt and shit Ryan were going to be going with things on and yeah. off the field. And now we've got a scenario where we don't really know. I like the idea they're telling him this is what we want. If that's what goes, exactly what you said, if we're looking at Young as being as being that guy, then it's yeah, you concentrate on your job and you do your job as excellent as you possibly can. And then if possible, we'll add string to your boat. I like the idea. It, it puts less pressure on a kid. I think the big problem we had last year is that, I think you said it in the last show, lads, actually, where there was so much pressure put on players who didn't have time to, to get used to being NFL players and they were being hung out to dry, especially in our backfield. And, and we were going up against really good quarterbacks who were just like eating them all day. Um, and I just think that, that giving these guys that opportunity to develop as NFL players, let's not forget that they've been going through the roller coaster of their lives. So they've gone from college ball to, to being really high standard college ball, wanting to get into the draft, focusing on, on their pro days, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And suddenly now they're thrown into mini camp and now they've got all this information thrown at them. I think it's quite smart that you go, okay, yeah, we've given you all this information and you better learn it because you're now a professional NFL player, but this is what we really want you to focus on. 
other things I really liked about the mini camp is all the interviews, nearly all of them came out after day one saying, oh, I wasn't as happy as I wanted to be after day one. I really want to get better in day two. And I felt better in day two. I, I felt more comfortable. And I'd love to know whether that came from the coaches or whether that came from the players themselves. It wouldn't surprise me if it was a mix of both where they, the coaches came and said, lads, that was okay yesterday, but I don't want it to be okay. I want it to be great or whatever. Or whether it came from the players' own drive. The one thing that I've seen right across this, this class and all talking is the leadership element that we're looking for. People want to get more leader stuff. They want to get, want to get, we need to get more leaders in this, in this team, more angry people who want to prove points. The more of them we can get the absolute better for Chicago Bears. Um, and, and that's what really what we're looking for is real, is real leadership right across the organization. Yeah. I, I think, I think you're, you're, you're spot on with that. And, and I, I like the way that the rookies came out and kind of portrayed themselves as well. When they were talk, they were, you know, they were talking to the guys in the media like, you know, professionals. You know, it's the first day of being professionals, really, um, and and they came across really well. And you know, some of them had had gotten a couple of questions that were just weird. Like they were talking about Kyler Gordon, and uh, obviously he's got his dance background and he's got the martial arts background. And some idiot in the in the media had asked them, "Oh, you know, because you've uh, you were a dancer when you were younger, did did you get teased?" No, you know why? Why would you ask that question? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, was it one of the one of the one of the offensive linemen was asked, "Have you ever been in a fight?" I mean, what the fuck? I'm surprised you didn't jump over and smack him, which I would have been all for. If you you get me started on a rant now about the media in Chicago, honestly, I feel like these guys are always just looking for something to pick at. You know, yeah. there's just something they just want to create a thing. I get that it's off season. I get they're looking for stories, right? But it's rookie mini camp. There's your story. You know, you're talking to the DC, you're talking to the OC, you're talking to the head coach. There's your story. There, take take information from what they're saying, and and put put it together. You know, and, and come out with it. But just to kind of try and almost make something out of nothing is just it's a it's a weird it was a weird question for me you know and also the one about being in a fight i, I just don't get that but but especially but, for these kids to say this is the, the first day being an nfl player essentially <laughs> and this is their first interview and you're like come on like uh, it's like ask me something about my football you know ask me something about how i'm feeling to be here don't ask me if i was bullied by someone 15 years ago for some ridiculous do you mean like it's it's crazy I mean, the one but, sorry tony the one question that came up was for brisker obviously and i thought he handled it really well which one you could see coming was the whole issue we won't go into it with the scout and what was said and stuff but i thought brisker handled that very well yeah. um when he responded to that but, but he, i mean he, sorry no sorry, but, no go ahead anthony I just and that as well, man. Sorry to interrupt you, but like he would have probably known that was coming. Yeah, he would have. But, yeah, but course, the yeah. one given to Gordon and the one given to I can't remember which offensive tackle it was. I'm sorry about being in a fight. Like this, you just, you said it perfectly. You know, this is their first day, man. They they just need to just okay ask questions and use it as banking information for an article in six months' time, so you can ask the same question again and see if you get a different answer. That's fine. I get all those things, but. That wasn't. That was as Tony rightly said. That was trying to get brownie points and try and get. I can write a story because he'll say. So. I'm hoping he says something stupid so I can then react to that. Yeah. It's someone's career you could cost on day one of their. Who they've already got so much information being pumped in. It's a bit like as well. And I'm going back when Eberfuss was first announced. It still wrecks my head the fact that no one clapped when he came into the room. <laughs> and I know it's something small. It's some, but it's it's that's what's expected of 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 a of a. 
have a, a core of people there. I mean, it, it is yeah. something that's been annoying me a while about Chicago media. It's just a natural thing to do, though. Is your new head coach walks into the room, you give him a round of applause, welcome to the team, welcome to the city. We're behind you. Do you know what I mean? But it's, it's all. But instead, you could you, you felt the silence. I mean, we couldn't see the eyes of the reporters, right? But you could almost imagine their eyes just kind of looking at him and looking for. You know, someone was bringing up the fact they didn't have a tie on. You know, people were talking about them using the wrong pens to sign oh, things. What was, oh, that was that was terrible. <laughs> it's that embarrassing. Was, uh, was that crazy. was that Mike Florio? Was it? That was. That I, was don't, I don't know. I don't know. That was. But it, th- 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 those types of things. I mean, it's nitpicking. And as you say, it's just trying to create something out of nothing. But but anyway, um, but yeah, Alan Williams, said, he was talking about Kyler Gordon, and obviously he seems like he's really impressed with him in general. Um, you know, obviously the, the athleticism's there for everyone to see. Even even in the the kind of 30-second clips that the Chicago Bears post, you can see the athleticism of Gordon there. Do you know what I mean? So he seems like, like a guy who um, they're comfortable kind of putting in at the start and and, and being a starter this year, um, they talked about nickel, and uh, William said that nickel corner is probably the most difficult position to learn and perform in on the field in that system. And we've talked about that, um, you know, the 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 Eberflus system and how you know your three technique, your uh, will linebacker, and in in this particular version of the system, your slot corner are are, are so important in the nickel corner. Sorry, you know, so. Having a guy like Tavon Young in the team for me is going to be invaluable, especially especially if he can remain healthy because I've seen how successful he can be um, and the impact he can make. As you say, throwing a rookie in there to do that right from the start um, could have pro- proven more difficult. You could have seen more mistakes. You know, it takes time to get acclimated to that role, even when you've got an entire offseason to build up to it until you're actually in real game action against teams that you don't know. Then it is hard to kind of to, to get into that and, and know what people are going to do. So I think we're at an advantage here where we have to, you know young coming in to do that job, and we also have guys to back up him in terms of like maybe Thomas Graham could play in in that position, and he could also back up on the outside as well. It's going to be interesting. But the point I'm trying to make here, um, and Anthony, I'll bring you in, is is I feel that the Bears have really addressed the secondary in the off season, and I feel like. And I said this a couple of weeks ago. I feel like it's potentially the strength of this defense at the moment. Yeah, I I, I totally agree with you. I think look, everyone, everyone in the Bears, we we'd love to have that sexy sign in a wide receiver second rounder, and and everyone talking, oh my god, Justin's going to throw to this guy, that guy, and that's true. But at some point, we need to get the ball. And we played the Steelers last year, and it's a game that, that I was thinking about since the draft. And played the Steelers and played really, really well. But we worked our ass off to get down the field, and it was probably one of Justin's better games. We worked our ass off down the field to get scores, to then give up a magic play two seconds later to, because our corners, our safety wasn't in the right position, or in the case of one game, forgot to tag the person. So, like all these things that that we need to we need to start kind of addressing, they seem to have. And again, I like the idea that we're addressing it with a look to view of two years time. Like both of our second rounders will be starters, absolutely without a shadow of a doubt. For, from from week one, as long as they're still healthy and fit, and I just like the fact that we're we're trying to address the points for not necessarily this season, but for the season afterwards. I also like like the idea that I, I can't wait to watch some of the quarterbacks we're going up against throw the ball against us because 
we've all been saying this is a throwing league, this is a this is a passing league, this is getting well, you have to defend that as well. So Ibrahim's his whole Colts defense was all about takeaways, get to the ball, takeaway, takeaway, takeaway. Well, now it looks like with the players that we have, it's going to be a big takeaway. And I'll leave, I'll say this as well. I am not the biggest Eddie Jackson fan. Haven't been for two years, right? But I have a feeling that Eddie Jackson, more than anybody else, will be extremely happy what he's seeing when he comes into camp. If he bothers his ass to get there, I'll say that. But when he does get to camp, he'll see some guys around him with youth, enthusiasm, and also giving him the opportunity to go after the ball, which is what he is very, very good at. Yeah, I think I think you're spot on with that. It's got This has got to be the situation that spurs the likes of Eddie Jackson on to get back to that sort of form that he was in before. You know, he was coming in last year and, and, and you know, when we see him, we seen him come into the team, it did improve the team because quarterbacks don't want to throw at him. So, you know, because regardless of anything, he's a guy who can still make big plays, intercept the ball, bring it back for a touchdown. That's what we've seen him do in 2017 and 2018 countless yep. times. You know, um, and, and inevitably... You know, and if you if you put him in the right situation with the right right scheme, the right coaching, you would hope that he would get back to that. I'm hoping with the addition of Brisker that that's something that's going to help. But at the same time, I think Brisker's a guy who can play free safety, strong safety. So inevitably, as well, you can see that if Jackson doesn't get his shit together, then that could be your replacement right there. Um, there's a lot of different ways that this could go, but for for me, I hope it works out for Jackson. I hope he comes back. I, I really liked him. Those, those first two, kind of two, three years. And then it just kind of went downhill. The cereal came out. And then when the cereal came out, you know, he just, he lost that sort of um, crunch to his game. Hey. You know, like, it was just, just felt a wee bit hey. kind of, you know. Anyway, I just, I'll, I'll move on quickly from that. <laughs> Tony, Tony the Tiger is on there, isn't he? Uh... I'm great. Um, yeah, so, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting to see what happens. Listen, guys, there's some there's some folk over on, on Twitter watching. Um, jump over on uh, YouTube. Uh, give the show a like. Um, give the show a follow. Uh, subscribe. Um, and get your comments in the chat. Um, if anyone, as well, we know also people are watching, get your questions in for the guys. We'll try and do a couple of questions before the end of the show. Get your points in. We'll get them featured on the show as well. We want to hear from as many as you possible. This is a, a show by the fans, for the fans, as we say over and over again. So make sure that you are getting your, your points across as well. And again, anyone who's joining late, Kieran is not here. He is uh, on, on his holidays. Um, so, um, yeah. You just need to put up with us three until he gets back. <laughs> I'm sorry to say. I'm sorry to say. I'm sure you'll be fine, though. Um, so uh, moving on to kind of the offensive side of the ball then. Um, and the spoke to Luke Getsy today, I think it was, um, and asked a few questions in regards to, you know, how things are going. Now, again, going back to what we said before, I think it's difficult to really evaluate anything because you only have rookies playing at the moment. You don't have anybody else there. But one point that I thought was interesting that he did make was that um, none of the positions on the O-line are locked up yet. Um, everything's still open. Everything's an open competition. No, with obviously the Bears bringing in, you know, those four new guys in the draft the offensive line, um, you know, they added Lucas Patrick in the offseason. Uh, we've seen James Daniels leave. You know, we don't know what's happening with Jenkins and Borum. Do you think that they actually don't know what's happening yet? Or do they think they, you know, they're saying that, you know, spark people on, get the competition going, but they've got an idea in their mind of what they want to do? 
I'd say they, they possibly have an idea in their mind, but I wouldn't be surprised to find out that they still do not know what way this is all going to play out yet. Because, look, there, there's very little tape. We're assuming the two tackles are Borum and Jenkins, but there, there's very little tape for those guys on these at an NFL level because, obviously, Jenkins had the injury. Borum was in and out. He had his own injury. I mean, for me, that they are the the linchpin of how this is going to end up because it all it will all come down to how they think of those two tackles. If they think they can play, that's great. Then you're really only looking at getting a right guard in. If they're not happy with the tackles, then you're up in the air. It's a bit in flux. Um, so I, I would imagine at this stage, they probably haven't, other than maybe center, they probably haven't, and well, obviously Cody Whitehair will play as well, but there's still more questions than there are answers on this line. And I'm hoping this time next year, we won't have to talk about the offensive line because we talked about it in detail last year in the build-up. We'll probably talk about it a lot between now and the season because, again, we don't know what's happening. Um but as we said in that interview as well, they haven't had a chance to see them in pads with their own eyes. You know, they, they haven't had that chance. So there's probably a lot of evaluation still to go on that. I wouldn't be surprised if we bring in a free agent O-lineman with a bit of, um, you know, a veteran in there with a bit of experience. I wouldn't rule that out anyway. So, yeah, like the, it's still a question mark. And I'm hoping the two tackles we think are our starting tackles do become our tackles. Because then I think that takes away a lot of the, the question marks then. Um, but yeah, I have, like, I mean, I've, I've looked at it a lot. I have no idea what they're doing. A couple of the guys who came in in the draft intrigue me. But then again, they're late round picks. And chances are, if any of them work out, maybe one will. It'd be very surprising if you got two or three to, to work out, given, you know, their position in the draft and, and, and that. But that's grand. I, li- I like the fact they took that many because it's great. You can never have too many all linemen, and if you hit them one or two, well, they could be there for the next ten years. So it's it's always worth taking that shot. But yeah, so in a roundabout way, Tony, after talking and talking, I have no idea what's going to happen on the all line. <laughs> it's going to be interesting, and I would guess they probably still have a few questions themselves. Yeah, I I, I think I think you're spot. I, I, to be honest, for me, I think they've already got an idea in their head of what they would like to do. And um, but as you say, they're kind of waiting. Maybe, maybe something it has to pan will... out. They have to see it if yeah. they're on eyes. Then if it actually will work, or like I would imagine, in their head, they've slotted the two guys in a tackle, white hair in yeah. that guard, and then the center. Uh, Pat, I don't. Know? I don't know. Right, and the reason I say I don't know is, I think they've sat there. If I was them, I'd have sat there and gone. A lot of money has been spent by teams around the league on wide receivers. Got on quarterbacks and a lot of money. So there's a lot of teams out there that have to get rid of good players because they just have to. Now I accept no one's going to get rid of really good right tackle or really good left tackle. I appreciate that. But there is going to be scenarios where players who could be very for us anyway, elevation up on what they are in left tackle or right tackle that might become available on the first of June or just after the first of June. I think that might be there. I think now you're hundred percent correct on on the fact that they don't really know exactly what they want yet. I get Tony, I get your point about they have it right now. So if there was a game tomorrow, they they would they'd know exactly who they're going to play. I just think they've got a pencil mark in on certain players. I think I think um Patrick the set as center is probably the only one with a pen mark in. I think the rest are all are all um are all penciled in with the except white hair as well, I suppose. You can add him to it. Even though I, I just get the feeling that in twelve months' time he he might be in trouble just purely because I think he he'll have a bad he's yeah, got the, no. the stench of what was there before the lads came in. And I think they want to get rid of that as much as they can. So but 
they can't do it all in one year. I just think that'll be interesting to see. I loved Tevin Jenkins coming out of college. I thought he was a simp, an absolute steal. Um, and we were all really excited about him. I remember doing the show at the very start when we were talking about him being our only first rounder because we weren't going to be able to get Justin Fields and everyone being accepting that. So the hope that the injuries are all cleared up and that he's ready to go for this for this year, whether he's left tackle or right tackle, that'll be up to like somebody in charge. And well, we've got two offensive linemen pretty much in as close to head charge as you can. So they're gonna know what they want in those guys. I'm interested as well though that you, you might get it you might get what you want as well after the first of January. First of June. So Yeah. No, this is it, because I think that you know, you talk about the tackles being there, but there are so many questions over that as well because we haven't really seen a lot from Tevin Jenkins in terms of playing in the pros yet. Uh, we have seen a wee bit more of Larry Borum, but you know I, I feel sometimes that Bears fans can get a bit kind of caught up in Larry Borum because everything was... I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from Larry Borum. You know, I think he's a good tackle. But I think maybe you would look at Larry Borum and say, well, I'd like you to be my, my, my base kind of swing tackle and I'll have two better guys in front of you. You know, because I, I don't... Personally, for me, I'm not sure whether I buy, in, buy into the Larry Borum stuff just yet. I need to see more from him. Um for me, the tackles that were coming out in the draft this year, um, outside of the guys that were taken in the top kind of ten, or sorry, the top uh, the first round, um, I don't think there was any tackles that were available that were probably better than Tevin Jenkins when he was coming out last year. Um, so for me, I think Jenkins is a surefire starter on one side or the other. Um, I like the one of the, Braxton Jones who yeah. we took in the uh, fifth round. I think he's potentially, I mean, he's, a, he's very raw in terms of his passing technique, but I think potentially he could be a future starting left tackle in this team, um, which would which would have Jenkins over on the right where he's been accustomed to. During I do most think they'll go with Jenkins on the right, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm thinking that as well, and I'm, and I'm looking at it just now, and obviously it's, it's too early for Jones, I think, even even when off, off uh, pre-season, I think it's probably still too early for him, but you never know. So I think if they they'd probably go with it, they would have Borum on the left. But then the question is, is that enough? You know, and no, you brought it up. Would they look to bring in some veterans? I think there's a good chance that they might do. I think we're looking at the team just now, and there's a good number of uh, ta- um, offensive linemen on there now, especially after the draft. But I think there is that sort of position where you have to be you have to be sure because everything stems from that line of scrimmage you know keeping the quarterback up uh getting the run game going everything comes from that and if you don't get that right we've seen how many times that can mess up your plan moving forward um i do one other thing that was quite interesting that luke getsy said today as well was that um the system will enable people and some of the guys to play their potential so we talked about how the scheme the system the coaching how important that was going to be moving forward. And I think in this particular scheme, it is going to be so important because, you know, it's sometimes the, you know, you've got the individual players who placed in maybe other schemes or other systems maybe wouldn't work out just as well. But in this scheme, working together as a unit, it could be a success, you know. And I I think potentially that is something that could tip the scales slightly Um, in favour of a bit of success. But this is where having Pauls and Cunningham kind of gives me 
a lot of confidence as well because those guys were all I mean, now obviously that's not a magic bullet, that doesn't guarantee anything, but still the fact is they played that position, they know that position, and they'll 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 know as well as anyone what they're looking at. So yeah. I mean, as I say, it's no guarantee of anything, but it's still maybe I just grab my crumb of comfort I can get, but it, it does give me a bit of confidence that at least they these they brought four guys in. So obviously these guys do something they like. And they obviously have a specific idea because they said it from the day they walked in the door about the O-alignment, having to change body size and wanting to get quicker and, and, and smaller. So, I mean, hopefully, to true that these boys know what they're looking at. They, they found players that fit what they like. And who knows, maybe one or two will surprise us. Well, they brought in all these athletic freaks. That's the thing that keeps catching my eye. It's these big 300-pound the men who <laughs> can we were, move, you know. When we were like, doing our draft show and I had notes from all the players, the one word I think that went in for almost every one of them was very athletic, athletic, yeah. athletic. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even going to say it anymore. Just take this word for everyone, athletic. <laughs> we just like, seen all these X-Men. <laughs> yeah, there's also like Mean Streak left, right and centre. I was the same with you now. Whenever I felt anyone on the O-line we were we were talking about, it was Mean Streak, angry, yeah. athletic. Aggressive, physical, and, and and that's what that's what we want. And look, we all the guys we brought in, we only need one of them to, to work out realistically. That's it. You get I one actually one did of them like the look out. of of uh, was it Braxton Jones? Is that his name? Yeah, I like it. And I kind of I worry about well, not worry, but I if I was a Barham fan, I'd worry about Barham because remember Barham's not their guy, and he himself was only a fifth round pick last year. So yeah. Would there be a huge? I know he has a, he has a small amount of NFL experience, but would there really be a huge amount of difference between last year's fifth round O lineman and this year's fifth round O lineman? And I, I like to look at Braxton Jones, who played left tackle and now lower competition. It wasn't he wasn't the top guys, but he he did what he needed to do against those guys. As we were saying, McKeer on the other day, if you're going to pick someone from a smaller school and and less competitive kind of division, they need to. They need to dominate the players they're up against to show you they're worthy, and and I thought he did in the in the kind of bit of highlights I see. And so, like we, we talk about Barham, but because he's a fifth round pick for another regime, you know he, he may be closer to to not being in the team than than we think. Yeah, we've we've talked about this though constantly about how the only two surefire safe people on this team are Justin Fields and probably Roquan Smith. You know, and that, that's it. And everybody else was fair game because everybody was from the previous regime. So, you know, no one's safe. And who knows what's going to happen? I, mean, I really don't see them moving on from Borum because there's no need to. Uh, I think he's he's more than capable of being at least the swing tackle on this team. Um, and obviously, he's only second year anyway. So there's, there's a long time ago in his evaluation. He in himself was a developmental piece. You know, on the yeah. offensive line, he was thrust into that situation because of the poor planning. You know, we, we had we had you know fifth round rookies playing, and we had a guy who was fishing on his boat playing, protecting our our number one QB. Do you know what I mean? In, that in itself in, is just absolute negligence in terms yeah. of Ryan Pace. Yeah, that was terrible. Yeah. Absolutely. How terrible. we got away with that? I don't know. You know, well, he didn't right. clearly. Well, he did against Cleveland anyway. But there, there, right there was our was our problem that we. There was no plan last year. There was no idea as to what we're trying to do. There was just chance dumping up and down. And we got our quarterback and then suddenly we refused to actually even acknowledge his existence. We had a massive fight with our wide receiver one and just 
threw dummies out of the pram. He did as well, and we did. It was just an absolute shit show. Yeah. What I'm liking about what's going into this here is there's conversations that seem more human. I would be very interested to see how we get on early on in the in, in camp as we're going into it. But I'm but I'm excited what we're trying to do. I you can understand what they're trying to do. I love the fact we didn't do anything crazy in the in the draft other than get loads of picks so we can evaluate loads of players. Because as Tony, you always say, that's how you develop rosters. You get in as many players as you can and accept that maybe fifteen to twenty percent of those of those don't work out. Well if you've got if you've only got five, that's only four players left. If you've got eleven, then you're down. To, you're up to let's say eight. So again, that's the kind of area we want to see some some movement on. I wouldn't also surprise if if Borum, if he, I, I'm with you. I think he might be more of a swing tackle. But wouldn't surprise me if he ended up moving in a little bit in towards guard. There could be a, there could be a conversation on that. That 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 may be something that that he he excels at even more. And whether that's used then when we come into camp, I don't know. But again, those guys may know that, may see that, and think think they know what they're looking at. Um, I just all I want is an O line that is consistently playing together, can use these games to get used to playing with Justin behind them, and create some holes for for Herbert Montgomery um, and the other little wide receiver that was come through the the um God I can't believe I forgot his name. No, Jones. Jones, sorry, yes. Yeah. Um, they're the ones that you want to start creating holes for. And yeah, and I think I want to see what we we look at. I, I, I'm really excited about what Getsy's gonna do with the offense. I don't think you need necessarily to have that one superstar wide receiver. I think there there could be loads of different picks that we could schemes and routes. Yeah, and but that's that's the scheme like. though, isn't it? They're putting a lot of faith in the scheme and what this scheme is gonna to do to help these players rather than going out and getting superstar players. They they're confident in what the coaches and the scheme can do to to boost up those players and, and boost up the team. So yeah, it is definitely exciting. Yeah, because we talked about it before, a good scheme and a good coach can make a C player, a B player, and a B player, an A player, and all that kind of thing, you know. So these things have got to be taken into account. Quickly, just because just you talked about him, Velas Jones Jr., um, we'll talk about him quickly. And again, like, uh, Getsy was saying he, he's happy with how he's kind of progressed so far. Um, Hightower, the special teams coordinator as well, he was, you know, uh, you know, pleased with with what, what he was doing and, you know, was looking forward to seeing how how that could kind of materialise. I think Jones might play a bigger part in this offence than most expect. I know when you took him, um, they were talking about, oh, well, he's a great return man, and he is a great return man. But I think, for me, at the minute, just based on the sheer number of wide receivers that we have, I think I would rather have Jones Jr. playing in the offence and have my return man as someone else. Do you know what I mean? So I know yeah. we just cut one of the return men today, Save on Scarver, who I wasn't actually aware of, to be honest with you, but he's he's just been cut. Um, but then again, you've got um the running back Treston Ebner, who can be a kind of returner as well. So I think you've kind of set yourself up in a situation where you've got options at the return point, but at the same time, those two guys for me, and you what even if you look at Treston Ebner, he's a guy who had like eight hundred rushing yards last year, catching the ball out the backfield as well. He's a he's another guy that can contribute in this offense. Um, so I'll be interested to see how how that goes. I want to talk about the offense and 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 the the kind of weapons that we currently have. But what I wanted to talk about quickly before we move on to that as well um, was in regards to uh, some from some story about Darren uh, Darnell Mooney, sorry, that had come out um, during the week. And it was the back of uh, a Dan Orlovsky tweet, um, as as it usually is, um, where he was talking about 
number two wide receivers in the league and he'd name some guys. So he'd Mike Williams, Chris Godwin, Adam Thielen, T. Higgins, Michael Gallup, those kind of guys. Um, and then he said, uh, he was in respectfully Chicago Bears fans, Mooney is a good player, but he isn't a number two as of yet. So naturally, that has incurred some backlash. Because that's uh, what he did to tweet. That's what he did to tweet. Exactly. So, that exactly. Could, so that people could reply to that. Sometimes I think sports fans are stupid. I, I, I actually, I actually think that. Some Surely of them are. To, some, of them are, some of them are muppets. Like if you're going to get upset by some idiot putting a tweet out, that's all your day is going to be. Just laugh about it because it's 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 obviously not based on anything that we've seen from Darnell Mooney for the last two years or that the relationship that's there between Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney. Do you think Justin Fields would put his career, because that's what it would be, if he wasn't successful with Chicago Bears, his career could be on the line. Do you think he'd put his career on the line if he didn't think Darnell Mooney was a good receiver? Or a wide receiver one or a wide receiver two, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Let's see. It's, no, it's, 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 it's a waste. It really was. It's it's a shame, but you know, even the thing is though, even if it was a tweet to get a response, for me, it's one of those tweets that gets put out there in the NFL universe, and you know, not everybody watches the bear we, the Bears weekend week out like we do because you know why would you based on how we've been we've been over the last couple of seasons, but the, the problem is it builds that narrative that you know we don't have anybody on the team that's worth talking about. We don't have any offensive weapons. And for me, Darnell Mooney, he, you know, nearly 1,100 yards last year uh, receiving in, in the Matt Nagy offense. And he yeah. wasn't even the wide receiver one, whatever that is, um, at that point either. That that was on Mr. A-Rob, who was kind of half arsing it over on the left-hand side of the field. Yeah, and sorry, Tony, just on that, I think he got something like the 17th highest yards for a wide receiver last year. Now, last time I checked, there's, there's more than 17 teams in the league, so that means he outperformed a lot of number one kind of players, you know, the kind of, it's ridiculous. As you say, given, given even the offense he was in last year for him to have the season he had and getting almost 1100 yards was phenomenal. Like imagine what he could do if Justin Fields or whoever else was back there had a good old line, more time. And there was a scheme that actually worked. Hmm. I mean, it's just, <laughs> look, Orlowski done the same thing last year with Justin Fields that? before the draft. Do you know what I mean? He, he, he obviously wasn't getting enough attention, and he thought, Who, what can I put out there that's going to get the most eyes on the tweet yeah. and the most replies? Well, the Bears fans are in flux and what's happening. Let's let's try this. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Like, look, the offense is not perfect, but Darnell Mooney had a damn good year for a receiver that had not very much around him. So, I mean, I don't... It's just, as Anthony said, why get upset with it? Because he's obviously taking the piss. Like, he's he's just messing about. <laughs> it's, it, but the, the problem is he's messing about, right? As I say... But it's 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 leading people on to believe this about. Yeah, but then if, if that gives Mooney, if that gives Mooney a bit of fire next season to to show these people who he really is, I mean, at the end of the day, they can't argue with the stats and the results. And and if he has another great season next year, then Orlovsky just looks stupid with his, with his tweets. Like, yeah. No, listen, I I uh, I don't really care what other people think about the Bears because end of the day, if they're underestimating us going into games, then great. You know, that's going to put us in a better situation. And eventually we're going to get the situation where people hopefully will know what we're all about in terms of offense in a positive way, you know, and it's going to be, it's going to be something that they're talking about in a positive way on the, on these, on the, on the network and on everywhere else, you know, because Orlovsky's not the first guy to come out. I think Greg Rosenthal had come out and said something 
uh, negative about the fields or or one of those. Some, I can't remember the exact tweet, but either way, it's just one of these things that I always say to people, and I don't. I brought it up and I'm talking about it, but I just wanted to give Darnell Mooney a bit of um, support here um, because that's what we do. We're, we're supporters. Um, but sometimes I'm just like, don't give these guys any retweets. Just fucking ignore them. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Just fucking ignore them. Just, yeah. just. I, I find it hilarious that Chicago Bears is one of the biggest, biggest franchises. I actually hate that name, club. One of the biggest clubs in NFL. So if you're a reporter that wants to build up your fan, your own internal fan base, you just throw a pop at Justin Fields. You throw a pop at Darnell Mooney. You throw a pop at anybody, right, that you can think of. And go with that. And so us as supporters, we need to start getting ourselves educated properly. We need to really start looking at ourselves and going, why, why am I following? I don't follow him. He is a muppet in my eyes. Right? No, he literally is of no relevance to me. So I don't want to hear what he thinks. I don't care what he thinks. you got to start finding media that you think you that are educated. There's lots of really, really good Chicago Bears media people out there. And there's a lot of really good fans who've got great Twitter people that you can follow who give you real information about Chicago Bears. And and then you hear people saying, Oh, but you're just you're just everything is positive, positive. Not in not at all. You come listen to the Irish Bears show, you will hear quite a lot of negativity on what we're trying to do, especially last year. Yeah, I was gonna say, especially last season, like Jesus. <laughs> we we actually got we got to a point where we used to obviously have the pre-game show. We'd have the or the preview show. We'd have the game, and then after the game, we'd have the we'd have the review show. After I got to what week ten, we yeah, were just like, oh, let's forget that. Like, I was, let's just start I was, doing draft stuff and looking forward to what the next team is going to be like. My whole year last year was: Will Daz Newsom get on the field, and will he catch the ball? That was my whole season last year. <laughs> That, that's it. He caught the ball, I think, in week 16, and I literally, that was my season done. He returned for like 30 yards. That was me done for the season. That's my, That was my standard last year. Sorry. That was the, that was the culmination of your, your year there, man. He nearly scored a touchdown, and I think the amount, the amount of people that tweeted me directly going, oh my God, if Daz would have scored that, you literally would have given up. <laughs> well, listen, I'm, go- I'm, going to give, I'm going to give you a chance to talk about more about uh, Daz Newsome then, a- amongst other players, and I wanted to ask the question here was, and and guys uh, who are listening in the chat, get your get your your answers into this or questions related to it. Is it. Do the Bears really not have enough offensive weapons at the moment? Is it as bad as everybody's making out? Because obviously we know the wide re- wide receiver core was an issue, you know, in terms of uh, before we went into free agency. We were, you know, losing a lot of players. We didn't have many left over. It needed to be replenished. Now they did bring in a few players here and there. Now they weren't necessarily the players that everybody wanted to get brought in, but they were still players that either, you know, the coach or the GM knew or familiar with, or guys that the offensive coordinator would think they could work in this this system. And again, we go back to that comment that Getsy made was that the system will enable these guys to be better. So, no, we'll come to you first. Looking at looking at the offensive weapons at the moment, you know, we've been through free agency, we've been through the draft. Now, there is obviously still going to be some free agents picked up, probably, um, you know, post-June first cuts, all that kind of stuff. You never know. There might be trades before the season. I doubt it, but you never know. But if, if it were to stay this way, and, you know, first week in September, we're on the field, and this is how we're lining up, do we have enough to contend at the moment in terms of the offensive weapons? 
Well, in terms of running back, I think we're well set. I think we have an excellent running back room there. Herbert showed what he could do behind Montgomery. And then, obviously, you mentioned uh, Ebner then. He looks like a kind of a tidy player. If he needed to come in, you know, as, as you're kind of, I, I'm assuming he'd be the third running back. Uh, so, I mean, from, from a running back situation, if the, if the, if the O-line can be in any way solid, um, you know, we definitely have running backs who can make a difference in a game there. Uh, I think Montgomery's an excellent running back. I know we've had our all discussions on contracts going forward and this and that, but in the here and now, he is a very good running back in this in this league, and he will do a job. So I've, I've no issues on running back. In terms of wide receiver, look, it's I'm 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 not negative and I'm not positive at the moment because I want to see more. There's, there's there's a lot of question marks. I mean, I think you mentioned it early earlier, Tony. I think Velas Jones Jr. is more earmarked as a as a wide receiver in the offense than he is special teams player. I think Ebner, if they make a change, may return more kicks. I think Velas Jones, because it was very clear. I know we had Greg, Greg Gabriel on who told us he was talking to someone in the in the organization who were really, like, they targeted him and they were really, really happy to get him. And they went and got him where they got him because they were afraid he wouldn't be there afterwards. Um, you know, and we just see the way, the way everything played out. They clearly want him for a reason. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him. Um, we've talked about Mooney. I think Mooney is a, is, a, is a really good top player. He's going to get his yards. Pringle, I know some people were a bit upset about Pringle. Oh, he, he was low down on the Chiefs. He wasn't one of the, the, the top Chiefs receiver. Well, yeah, look at the Chiefs had. And Pringle came in. I mean, he had to do it. He'd done a good job. He's a big guy. He can play in the slot. He's strong. He's fast. I'm looking forward to seeing him. Equinamius St. Brown, I, d- I don't know. I mean, he seemed to have a good start in Green Bay. And if you look at his stats given the amount of receptions he has, they're good stats. He just didn't play a huge amount. But then Getsy obviously wanted him. So he wanted him for a reason. And that's it. Like he is a six for five guy who ran, I think, a four four, uh 40 yard dash. So he's, you know, if he was right, he could potentially be a good target. Um, So on the wide receivers, I just, I want to see more. I mean, we could have... These guys could be the perfect system fits that the, the Bears want, and they could, you know, play play the role that they need. I, I just don't know yet. I want to see more from them. And then, as you say, you know, there's, after June 4th, there's cuts to be made. Maybe there's players brought in. I know we have a lot of wide receivers who are brought in as undrafted players in, in rookie camp. I'm not sure if one or two of them have excelled in any way to, to stand out. So... But I don't I don't see negative I don't see negatives with the offense is what I'm trying to say. I think these wide receivers have a lot of potential and they're there for a reason. They obviously fit a fit a plan and fit a scheme. So look, I'm 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 holding me me opinion on them completely yet, but I'm I'm looking forward to seeing them play. I think they could be good. Yeah, and I think that's important as well. That we're I'm looking forward to seeing what they can make of. I think one of the comments on on there, um I think Biggs put it up, I think, which is this one. Which is, I think, a lot of the offensive weapons are going to be the coaching staff, to be honest. And I totally agree. Is that Brad tuning in again? Thanks, Brad. Cheers. Appreciate you. Love the tribune stuff, man. (laughs) Um, Come on, show whatever you want, my man. Um, I I just think, I just think it's 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 going to be interesting to watch. Look, anyone that follows me on Twitter knows where I sit on Daz Newsom. I think Daz might be in trouble, so there might be tears from me on that side, just because I think we brought in a few guys and and return kick returns, and that's how he got into the team last year. But I think there's other weapons that are there. And I think need, people need to look at the running back realm. I think you might find it, that running backs become catchers as well. I think yeah. we, we may see them outside outside and going out play. I think we see a lot better slots already 
and we were kind of struggling last year as to who would actually go into the slot for us. And already you can see it with Jones Jr. I, I totally agree with you, Noel. I think that's where they're going to put him. You're going to find it. Even in the little clip that was shown um, on the Bears' Twitter, um, the, the, receive, the reception that he took was from a route that he went into the middle of the field. Um, so that's that's the kind of stuff that, that you may see. But also, if you're an opposition player against the Chicago Bears, in the past, it's like, okay, they have Mooney and they have A-Rob. Right, that's who. That's all we need to let's get us prep for them. Now, if you get more and more different people and more and more people into this, into the into the team, it becomes quite more difficult to to research as to exactly what are they going to do and how how are they going to look like. Um, and I also again like the fact that they're picking an area to fix first, which is the offensive line. By the sounds of it, they're looking to try and get the defensive the backfield sorted, and then they're going to work up towards getting the wide receiver cordon. And the impression I get, and Tony, I'm sorry for taking your side on that, but what do you think that if the, they see the wide receivers basically as, as not that important, wrong word, they, they don't see it the most important thing to fix first up. Would you, would you agree that's the, that's the case? Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't see, I wouldn't rank them in importance um, because I, every, 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 every part of the field is important. However, I'll go back to my original point that you can't have a scheme or a team without a strong O-line and a strong running game to start with. And everything comes off the back of that. Um, I think you can see from the sort of players that we've added in the draft what the plan is. Create competition at offensive line. Try and get your strongest five in place there, but also have depth there. Because that's the thing that the Bears have been missing is depth. One guy goes down, you're not overly comfortable with how you're, you're fitting um, a replacement in because they're usually out of position or you know they've never done it before or whatever. But I feel like they're trying to build a situation where they can feel comfortable. If they lose one, someone else can step up, next man up, you know. And again, it's not necessarily just to do with the player. It's the scheme, you know. And you can fit that type of player in the scheme and the scheme can continue regardless. And I think that's what they're trying to do. Look at the running back situation, as you guys mentioned as well. So you've got, obviously, uh, David Montgomery there. You've got Khalil Herbert there, the two main main guys but then obviously they've added Tristan Ebner they've got the fullback as well blazing game yeah, um, yeah you forget about now, it. yeah they brought him a good show. if no one's watched his tape right because I'll be I'll be honest with you I wasn't I wasn't overly familiar with him but when he when when he signed I looked at some of the tape that was uh I say tape you know the videos that people put on on YouTube and and Twitter and the like and this guy catches the ball out of the backfield like a proper proper receiver man do you know what i mean like and and he's big as well do you know what i mean so he's going to he's going to give you that kind of mix in in the backfield and give you those options as well and i think in the sort of game that we're going to be playing you know with rpos and play action and things like that it's just it's just another option out, out of the backfield in terms of reception uh darrington evans is another guy that's come in as well you know so they're really beefing up that that running back room to try and get sorry tony just one yeah. quick thing on the running backs one thing as well we, we mentioned ebner now I, I don't expect ebner to get a huge amount on offense this year but when i looked him and i was watching his highlights there was almost as many catches as there yeah. were runs yeah so as you yeah. said like you mentioned there there'll be a lot more catch that's obviously something they've they've got in mind because i think it was if i ranked it, it was probably about 60 40 percent catches to to runs like but or sorry runs to catches but still, that's obviously an idea they have of, of having those extra weapons. And just 
But another thing I know is well, actually, I, I see that on Twitter today. I think Jake, who commented earlier on, I actually seen it on his tweet he put out. If you look at the size difference in this year's wide receiver and yeah. receivers to last year's, like Mooney has gone from the second tallest receiver at five eleven to the shortest. So I mean, that's that's another kind of you know change that they're making for for one kind of position group. Yeah, you got guys in there that that have size and athleticism. And, you know, maybe they just haven't had the, the, the opportunities. And you look at Byron Pringle, he's playing behind three other receivers in, in Kansas City, um, but still managed to come out there and be productive in the opportunities he did have. Give him a chance as your starting <clears throat> slot guy. You know, that that's, you know, you're, you're hopefully going to see an, an uplifting sort of production. Equinemius St. Brown, um, not only is his name incredibly difficult to say, yeah. after a couple of years... I think he just called him EQ, didn't he, in his interview yeah. today? <laughs> Don't blame him. <laughs> um, but anyway, Equi, um, he's he's one of those guys, that, again, though, if you watch his college stuff, I mean, he was he was really impressive. Uh, it was Notre, Notre Dame as well. Notre Dame, yeah. Um, and, um, you know, again, it's one of those situations where has he just not had enough opportunity? You know, can he come in there and play in the system? You know, in that scheme, can that change things for him? I don't know, but it's 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 it's, it's certainly something you look at and you have to think. We need to give the guys an opportunity to try and go out there and make it make an impact anyway. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But if you've got that solid running game, if you've your confidence in your offensive line, and let's not forget we've got Justin Fields still. That's just like, what I was going to say. That's yeah. what I was going to say. People forget the fact that we have. If they if Justin Fields in this year draft, he would be number one pick. Yeah, and Jaguars would have sold him. They'd have, the Jags would have given up, and they'd have got loads of picks. And yeah. someone would have moved up to get him. In, in, in the slander on, on Mooney is is terrible. You spoke about the slander on Justin Fields is going to say effing yeah. disgrace, right? Yeah. So I hope he's got that all in his memory bank. And I hope, as I said, when Justin Fields was first first uh, drafted, I hope he's running up and down the sideline and screaming at. At, um, at media personalities who should be embarrassed of themselves. Well, let, let's I, be I, honest. Ryan Poles was in fact, well, you know, if, if you believe the hype and everything during the preseason, there were a lot of teams wanted Royal Ryan Poles. Well, what's a big decision or a big part of your decision to choose the Chicago Bears? It's your quarterback. You've, you've got a quarterback there. Now, look, I know he's not their guy and who knows if any, everything goes belly up down the road, they're technically not tied to him in the way as if they draft him. But I don't, I don't think that's an issue. I think, I mean, when they're taking this job and they have all these other options and they have the, the Vikings interview to come next, well, well, a big part of any team is if you have a young, cheap, top-class quarterback in place, That I mean, that that's half the battle. That's where you start from. Everything else can build around that, and that's that's your cornerstone. And can I go further than that? Luke Getzey left Karen up north for one reason, and that was to look after Justin Fields. So, without a shadow of a doubt, that's the case. Because why would you leave Karen and the, and the Green Bay losers? I mean, for um, a young jokers. offensive coordinator starting his career in that situation, to come in to have a player like Fields, who you can, I know he's had one year, but you can essentially mould him and, and, you know, build him up into the player that he looks like he can be. That must be such an exciting prospect for, for someone like Getsy. Yeah, you're you're absolutely spot on. And the thing is, I think, and and what one of one of one of my guys on on Twitter had said this, and I can't remember the exact wording, but it was something along the lines of, "We should be expecting Justin Fields to be leading this, and us for us not to be trailing him along." Do you know what I mean? Like, and that that's the thing that people forget is that 
this is this is your first round QB. Fair enough, he was in a bit of a shit so shit show situation last year, but you're hoping that he can you know he's got a full off season at the moment. He knows he's the number one QB. He's going in, he's building relationships with all these new guys. Um, he's hopefully going to have a better offensive line in front of him. He's hopefully going to have the scheme work. And if those things all fall into place, then you have to fall back on the fact that you know Justin Fields is a talented quarterback. And he's not just talented at throwing the ball. He's talented at running with the ball. He's talented at he's making decisions. You know, the, the, his, his deep ball is phenomenal. You know, the, the, and the, the speed aspect of who we've added this year as well has to be taken into account. We talked about it last year. There were speedy guys signed. You look at Marquise Goodwin and Demir Burton, guys like that. And But the problem was that even though they were speedy, they were never open because Justin Fields was on his arse most of the time because, you know, the offensive line couldn't keep him up or the scheme didn't work or people weren't running the right routes and all this kind of stuff. So there's just so much to take into consideration when it comes to Justin Fields. And I'm not saying Justin Fields is going to go out there and be the MVP, right? All I'm saying is Justin Fields should be making a big step in his second year. And if he has the right situation around about him, I'm not saying he's got the right players round right about him because we, he could do with more wide receivers, right? He could do with, you know, more experienced offensive linemen or whatever, right? But what I'm saying is arguably the offensive line is better than last year. And you can argue with me if you want on that. Um, there are some question marks. Um, right guard's obviously not there. And we don't know exactly what's going on with the tackles. But if... <laughs> Again, the scheme, if you keep going back to the scheme thing, that's so important as well. What I'm saying here is that you can get in a situation where Justin Fields can excel, and we have to take that into account when we're talking about offensive weapons. Justin Fields is an offensive weapon in himself, okay? And remember that, okay? Who he's throwing it to is important, but him himself is important. Um, I think he, I think he said something really interesting as well, though, is that if we all remember this time last year, Andy Dalton was given all the reps in camp. He was given all the ability to, to have relations with people. This is Justin Fields' team. So all the reps when we go to camp will be him, right? His first, I would say, the first time he threw to A-Rob was most likely the start of the, it was a week two, or I can't remember what game was last year when he started. That was probably the first time he threw to Baltimore because... He just was never given any reps. Now this is going to be his team to go and do and go and see. I'm with I'm with you, um, Tony. I really do think Justin Fields is going to get a step forward. I actually go a bit further than you. I don't think he's going to be MVP, but I definitely think he's going to be a lot better than people in the media or people online are saying. And I think that's the case when you remember who's written the bad stuff about him and you make sure to remind him of that those tweets from whenever it is. Um, we just need, I think, a, a real a real. He just needs an opportunity to be given those extra couple of seconds to go and do his do his work because he is still, in my opinion, the best Chicago Bears quarterback. The opportunity to become the best Chicago Bears quarterback almost ever. So it's still Luckman, I'd say, is what we're looking at. And it's up to him to go and do that. I fully get it. But I think when he's he's going to make a massive statement for it. I hope so. I hope so. I hope so. So we've obviously looked at the offensive line. We've looked at the running backs. Just want to quickly talk a wee bit more about the wide receivers and the tight ends um, just while we're on this subject. So, um, no, in terms of the wide receivers that come in, we've talked about, you know, Daz Newsom, uh, you know, future Hall of Famer. Uh, we've talked about... <laughs> but I know, I know, obviously, you looked at Velas Jones Jr. And I know, you know, we, you have spoken about him before already. But one of the, one of the real interesting things about Velas Jones Jr. for me is how he can be used 
Um, you know, he, he can use him out of the backfield. You can use him in the screen game. He can use him um, on the outside. He's kind of versatile in that way. Um, and in terms of his yards after the catch ability, that's really high up as well. Yards after the catch, the Bears was a real problem area last season. You know, our highest rated yards after the catch was Darnell Mooney, and that was in the mid-20s. Um, so, you know, you've, you've got a, a gap there where it needs to be filled in terms of trying to create a productive team and try to create a, a versatile team. How important do you think uh, Velas Jones Jr.'s uh, ability to, you know, work his way through a crowded field will benefit the Bears? And do you think there's anything that we're not thinking about when it comes to him and his potential? Everybody's obviously want to fall back on this age thing you know, when he was taken too high and all this kind of stuff. But for you, because I know you've looked at him a bit more, is, is there anything that, that, that kind of stands out to you that maybe people aren't aren't thinking about as much? Uh, yeah, force on the age thing, I don't get it. Who cares if he comes if he comes in and he plays great? Who cares if he's 25 or 24 or 23? Mm. You know, the kind of way, if he plays up to his contract, even if he doesn't sign a new one, if you get three, four years out of him, what does it matter what age he was? It's... And, and, like I know we kind of looked at it at the draft and thought, oh, got twenty five. That's well, but like, like when you think about it, who, who cares if he does his job? I, I don't care if he's thirty five. That's, you know, that's just the way it is on that. But in terms of what he gives you, look, as you said, Tony, he gives you options on on that field. I mean, we, you mentioned that we've seen him taking, you know, in the slot, taking passes in in the middle of the field in, in a group of people. And his 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 ability, you know, to turn and run has got him out of it. And then he has that pace to get away. There were a number of touchdowns he scored just just going down the sideline. And like Justin Fields has an arm. And if this kid takes the top off the defense and just goes, well, there there's your target. You know, hopefully he can get that speed maybe to to get himself open. If the scheme, as we said, helps him get open, he has that pace to just break away. So that's an option if Fields just wants to put it down there. Again, as you say, if he takes it in in the slot, he's in the middle of the field. He has that athletic ability and that speed to be able to turn. And he, he seems very good at being able to stop, change direction, and go without losing that momentum. Um, look, he's not perfect. I'm talking about him here like he's the best receiver ever. He's not. He, you know, from what I've seen and what I've read, maybe his route running needs a bit, you know, a bit more work on it. But I, I, I think he's definitely a kind of a player. He's an exciting player who, to me, looks like he has good hands, great speed, the ability to to make a play when there are bodies around him. Look, I don't know how the guys are going to use him, but as we said earlier, they clearly wanted him. They clearly targeted him. So obviously, Getsy knows what he wants to do with him. And I, I think he gives options. So I'm, I've am i said about a few of them, but I am really looking forward to seeing what this guy kid does on the field like because Anthony says it a million times, and he said it for a year. You just want this offense to be fun. And this kid looks like he's fun. He's explosive and he, he's big. Well, like we talk about him like he's he's small and fast. He's what six, six one? Like he's he's not a small yeah. guy. So no. he'll he can make catches, he can get up there. Like so it's it's just he will just give you different dimension that you can you can switch up to if you need it. And yeah, I think he's a he's a good player. And by all accounts himself and Justin Fields are fairly close and, and they do be back and forth on social media and I mean, obviously, that's a good thing if there's any sort of link there, chemistry between them. So, yeah, he, he looks good. He looks like he gives you options. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things as well with, with Justin Fields because we, we heard about Ryan Poles sitting down with Justin Fields, watching tape on wide receivers. You know, so, you know, there's got to have been something that happened there where they were getting together and 
picking guys out, putting them on a list, saying, yeah, that a guy working the system, that's a guy I could work with, blah, blah, blah. You know, so th there's to, to, to fight back against the people who say that the Bears aren't at all, all in on Justin Fields either. You know, that's clearly bullshit based on the fact that he's been considered in, uh, in, in these sort of um, important decisions. Um, Anthony, moving on to the tight ends, um, obviously with the offseason, they've lost Jimmy Graham. Um, Cole Komet's still there. Jesper Horstead's still there. Um, both I, think we, I, think, I think we lost Jimmy Graham to start the last season, but yeah, go on, sorry. <laughs> Do you know what, right? This might, be, this might sound you know, a bit controversial, but I like Jimmy Graham. Um, had he been given more opportunity to just be in the end zone and catch balls, I think if we probably would have scored more touchdowns. If, if, yeah, if, if you was right, he's a good weapon. If, Jimmy Graham, right. if, if we were inside the red zone and Jimmy Graham was the only player on the offense, wide receiver was, I'd be all for that. I agree with you. Yeah. But it's anything else. He, well, the, he wasn't used properly. Nagy, Nagy didn't know how to use him. That was I, tell you, I don't yeah. disagree with that. Oh, that's kind of what I meant, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, sorry, I interrupted your question. I apologize. No, that, that's that sort of thing. So obviously, just for Horstead, Cole Komet there. We've brought in Ryan Griffin, James O'Shaughnessy, um, who must be Irish. Um, has to be. Has to Come be on Irish. the show, James. Come At on some the show. Point, Jimmy, get yourself on the show. Um, but yeah, so at the moment we're sitting there, we've got oh, five, six tight ends at the moment. How do you feel about that room? Because there's some concerns, and I think there's legitimate concerns about Cole Komet. Uh, I like Cole Komet, and I understand that tight ends take a while to um, acclimate to the league. You know, but he's going. To, I think he's going into a season this year that could change the direction of where he's going. Um, and if anyone uh, listening disagrees, get your comments in and let me know. But I think he's in a situation where he has to take a step forward this year. Again, it'll all depend on the scheme and how he's used. But I'm hoping that people know how to do that this time. For me, there wasn't enough situations where plays were created to get him open because he's a big pass catch and tight end. Um, so how do you feel about the tight end situation in general? Do you feel like we're taking a different approach to it this year? And do you think that's to do with the scheme change? Or what, what are your overall thoughts? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I think of all the players that were there last year, outside of Eddie Jackson personally, I think the one that's on the block the most is, is Cole Komet. And I'll start with this before I get loads of Cole Komet killers. I really like Cole Komet because there's a lot of stuff that Cole Komet does that doesn't get doesn't do the flashy stuff. He's a very good block and tight end. People don't give him the respect for that, for what he does in, in helping out his shockingly bad O-line before. So I think, I think that's got to be put there first. I think Cole Komet has all the talent. I think it's up to Cole Komet um, as well as his game. I just think that I, it's a massive year for Colcomet. And I agree with you. This could be a, a career-defining year in Chicago or anywhere else. Um, because I like some of the guys that were brought in. We we had we had some really, really good kind of commentators on the show talking about tight end positions. And, and I'm shocked to see, again, I don't even know if they pronounce it that way in America, but it, it's got to be Sean, I see, whatever, right? As you say, Tony, big Jimmy got on the show. Uh, Griffin as well. And I just, I think the tight end, the thing I find with Cole Komet, I think people put him into this, and I think it's a little unfair on him, is the obsession that Ryan Pace had with getting him in because he wanted to double down on Jimmy Graham. So Jimmy Graham, and I want another tight end like Jimmy Graham. And it became an obsession for him. And, and he might fall into the same bracket as I spoke about earlier on about the likes of Daz and people who might be impacted by the fact they're connected to Pace and Nagy. So I hope that 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 he comes in and really, really does a, does a job. And I'd be interested to see what they do with the tight ends this year because we, 
as we've spoken on this show and other shows that we've done, the lads didn't have a clue last year what to do with any of our players, let alone our tight end room. So it's almost like he's back to year two of his, his rookie deal. This might be the one year that he kicks out. He's also a bit of a leader by everything shows me. And that would sit in nicely with what Eberfus likes in a player. I think Eberfus will like him. I think Eberfus will like like what he can produce. But I think uh, Poles on the other side may not. And Poles may look at this and go, okay, yeah, this is your year, kid. You've got to prove it to, you got to prove it to everybody. Um, and that also may fall into the fact of that you want to give as many weapons or as not weapons, but as many players getting open as you possibly can for Justin Fields. And I think you might find Cole Komet being told that you have to kind of almost make yourself open. Uh, if we need, if he needs to scramble, you need to be one of the players that needs to get him an opportunity to get the ball. Um, so I think you might see a lot more of that. But I, but I'm just interested in the title room. I actually really like Jesper Horstead. I'll be completely honest. I think that'll be that's someone that I'd be interested to see if he develops even because he seemed to always he, he seemed to be that guy for Justin Fields to, to be able to catch the ball. So I'd be interested to see how he goes. Maybe he gets he pushes in as well. But look, it's uh, it, the more people we get to talk about in different positions, and the more I get thinking, going, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what they're going to think they're going to do. And it, it's 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 got me actually excited about what we're going to be this year. I didn't think I would be, but. Other than the fact that I want to see Justin Fields play, obviously, but I'm getting, I want, to, I want, I want the season almost start now. Yeah, that's it, and it's it seems so far away, but at the same time, it seems like it's getting so near. Just one thing that you touched on there was in regards to you know when Cole Komet was taken in 2020, and the guys on the Bear Down Chicago podcast, big shout out to our our friends over there, um, we're talking about it, and I'd put a tweet out about it last week and got a bit of backlash, but they were talking about the Bears taking brisket at 48 this year, the safety over reaching for a receiver, whoever that receiver might have been, taking the better player. Whereas in 2020, they went with Cole Komet overtaking, say, Ant- Antoine Winfield, the safety. So the question is, back in 2020, did they overreach with 20, with, with Cole Komet for the sake of getting a tight end? Um, now, we, we personally don't know what Ryan Board, Ryan. Uh, Pace's board looked like. I mean, I think he he had. Don't think Ryan, don't think Ryan did either. But go on. <laughs> I think I think I think he 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 had Kokomet higher, but then everyone's boards created based on you know their unconscious feelings towards what they need and what they want and all that kind of thing. And I don't know for me personally, I think that you know, and there's nothing against Kokomet, but I think he probably could have taken a a a player who would have made more of an instant impact there. Um. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes because th- I think the whole tight end approach has changed. We've went from having 15 tight ends in the room to having five or six solid blocking tight ends in there plus Cole Komet and, and, uh, and, and, and Horstead. So I'm really curious to see how that whole thing goes. No, what are your overall thoughts on Cole Komet? Do, do you feel like he is the guy who can be or tight end one, do you feel like it's we're kind of hanging on to something here? What 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 what's your kind of gut telling you about him? Um, yeah, look, it's 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 a hard one. I I, I do think there's there's more to come from him if he's used right again, <laughs> you know that kind of way. But no, I, I think I mean I think he is a good player. Uh, I think if he's given a chance, I think this year is crucial because as Anthony said, these guys aren't tied to him. So we'll see how this goes. But I think if he's put in the right position and given a chance, he can 
be a good player. And as Anthony mentioned, he can block as well. So, look, I think the jury's out on him. But, again, like a few things, I'm just looking forward to see how he does in this scheme. And, yeah, I think he can do I think he can be that good player. We just need to see if they put him in the position to actually develop and, and deliver on that. Yeah, I think I think you're spot on. I'm, it'll be interesting to see what's going to happen this year. But again, I'm I'm curious to see how he's used in the scheme and if he's used more in the way that he should be used. He's a kind of guy that you need to you know should be getting scheme. You should be plays in there for him. You know, based on his size and athleticism, should be plays in there for him. Um, yeah. but and I, one of the guys in the chat just said it as well. I want to see more of Horstead as well. Yeah. Because I think he's a guy, and we've seen it in the limited opportunities that he got last year, what he can do. Um, and, you know, hopefully there's 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 a, there's a space in the team for him as well. Um, guys, um, make sure you get any kind of last-minute questions in, in the chat. Uh, we're going to be finishing up shortly. Um, moving, and, on to, uh, we're moving on to punters now, yeah? Well, <laughs> that's the warm-up session. That's the warm-up part of it, though. We're, we're ready to kick off now. A full show now and put... Actually, talking about punters, can I say this? Oh, God, Pat it's happening. It's happening. Pat, okay, go. Pat, o, Pat O'Donnell is some dickhead, isn't he? I mean, like... <laughs> Only because he plays with the, the Packers, isn't oh, he? Because he went up there and then did one of their marketing campaigns. What a grass. I mean, it's one thing signing for them. Like, but to actually go and do a marketing campaign for them, I, I was disgusted in that. What a prick. <laughs> hope, I hope he's, hope he's on the field every single time. I hope he enjoys Karen and all her drama that comes with that. Pat the prick. Pat, boom. <laughs> so that's our... Anyone got a question on punters? Hashtag that one. Hashtag <laughs> Pat the prick. Karen, if you're watching the show, this is yeah. going to go to start. This is going to go to start of the episode every 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 episode now. Yeah, prick. listen, don't search hashtag Pat the prick. You might find some dodgy <laughs> stuff in there as well, right? So just put just put it out there. Pat, honestly, mate, I don't have anything against you because you know you're. You know, it doesn't really you're make any difference. But you're there. You're a punter. So good luck, and I hope you I hope everything goes well for you. Um, but move, moving on with PTP, the Bears, anyway. PTP, love it. I like that. And if anyone gives us abuse, we'll just say it means Pat the punter. <laughs> we didn't say anything nasty. It's punter. Well, Pun, punter Pat. Anyway, right. So the Bears, the Bears are next going to be. Uh, I guess they've got OTAs in like the 16th. I've got the dates here. 16th, 16th, 17th, 19th, 23rd, 24th, and 26th of May. So we've got six more days this month of OTAs. Whether or not everyone turns up or not, I don't know. Um, but um, I hope for their sake, I, they better they better turn I up. I hope they sakes. do. This is a new no. regime. Like you need to get to know your new coaches and everything, and and you need to show them you have yeah. that desire. Like you, so really, you hope they turn up. You yeah. better show up. You better show up for this coach. You, I'm telling you now, he will take zero shit. And that's the thing I love about him as well. Oh, is it, it seems like he's just like I, whatever, mate. Like you want to be here, you don't want to be here. I don't yeah. give, I don't give to who so you are. Get on the pitch and make a difference, or don't just don't bother your arse turning up. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I, I do like his approach, and he seems like a guy. Seems like a really nice guy. But he seems like a guy I wouldn't want to get in the right, the wrong side of either, you know. So, um, so fair play to uh, to Eberflus for installing that. But hopefully, you know, um, we we see things materialize when the offensive uh, rookies get together with the offensive uh, vets, and we can see. You know, the defense we we seem to kind of just assume that's going to be okay. 
there are still some issues there. But the offense is what we're kind of looking at. That's where all the eyes are on. And hopefully when everyone gets together, we can see things starting to materialize there. But um, moving on to the Irish Bear Show, um, we've got some important dates coming up as well. Well, one really that I'm going to tell you about. Um, so next Thursday, uh, we're going to have Jeff Hughes from the Bears blog uh, coming on the show again. Uh, Jeff's a, a, a kind of he's a favourite of ours, isn't he? He's almost part Absolutely. of the part of the furniture, really, with with the Irish Bears show. So, <laughs> um, but he's going to come on because uh, he's going to be announcing the winner um, on a draw for a Chicago Bears jersey. Um, so apparently, um, everyone had uh, given some sort of money to the show. They could place into the draw, and uh, whoever the winner is is getting a Bears jersey. So happy days for that person. Uh, just whatever Bears jersey you're picking, make sure that it's someone that's probably not going to get traded or cut, because um, you don't want to end up <laughs> like a lot of these guys on this show who have a lot of jerseys of people who are not there anymore or who may not be there soon. So <laughs> it's something to keep in mind. Maybe go with go with Justin Fields. If not, go with someone like Tillman or. Yeah, or Lacker or one of those guys, you know, like Buckish, you can never go wrong with him. Uh, big shout out to, to Dick as well. How you doing, mate? Um, so, yeah, so make sure you tune in on Thursday uh, for that. Um, obviously, we'll be talking a lot of other Bear stuff as well um, at that point. I'm not sure who else is going to be on, um, but it's certainly going to be at least Jeff, myself, <laughs> Kieran. Are you guys going to be on? Are you coming on on Thursday as well, guys? No, I won't be there Thursday, unfortunately. Good to see I'll, I'll be, I'll be, oh, disgraceful. I'll be in Sweden if I can. I'm heading up your the, neck of the woods, Tony. Your head, your neck of the woods, Tony. Or are you? Up to our Donegal for a wedding. Oh, I'm not, I'm not in Donegal any, anymore. But, oh, you know, Oh, sorry. Where are you now? Uh, I don't want to tell you. Like, yeah, yeah. He may come and visit fair, me there. I'm going to be in Sweden. That's where I'm living now. So I'll be, I'll be going back there. I'm trying to see if I can find a corner of. Uh, a Swedish room that I can, can jump on because I want to see what hat Jeff wears because it's always a question <laughs> I ask what kind of hat does Jeff wear? He didn't have a hat on the last time he came on the show so Jeff if you're watching please bring back the hats because yeah. they they ha make the show. Ha hashtag BBTH bring back the hat. <laughs> no longer Pat the Prick. That's, that's, a, that's a much safer hashtag to look at. Um, but anyway... <laughs> Listen, uh, everyone in the chat, thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the show, like the video, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook, follow us on all those mad uh, social media sites that everyone's so obsessed with. Um, also follow us three as well. We also come out with some interesting things from time to time. A lot of nonsense, but, you know, you have to take the good with the bad. So... Um, if you can, uh, if you can make it on to the next week's show on Thursday as well, make sure to get on to the De Bears blog website as well. Get your donations in there and get your name in the hat for a draw uh, to win a Bears jersey. Um, Anthony, you got anything interesting coming up before Thursday at all? Uh, I'm flying home on a plane, so let's see if so I can yeah. actually do that. That'll be entertaining. Uh, I'll be uh, seeing if I control any more people talking about Karen. Get get that get that going. <laughs> I was actually quite disappointed in her that she didn't do anything on draft night. Uh, and then I, I was, I thought it was the end, and suddenly she goes on to her favourite reporter, who literally, I, I, he also ironically was a puncher, stroke kicker, so uh, it says it all really. Uh, they, they can, they can live with each other. Uh, but no, I've nothing else coming up. Fantastic. Yourself? Are you doing anything? 
Uh, no, nothing working. Working. That's about it at the moment. Until until they start paying me to do the Irish Bear Show, then uh, I've got I've got to keep up with the old day jobs. So, so I'll be, I'll so, be, I'll so be we're not going to. There's another hashtag then. So it's uh, pay pay the co-host. Is that what we're, pay, we're gonna... just pay us? <laughs> just pay us. Actually, for is that you give it all that money to the Bears blog? Give it to us as well. <laughs> give us, just give us a fiver. Oh, that's all I need. Yes. <laughs> See, we'll we'll, we'll send you guys. one of our old jerseys. Kieran, 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 I'll send you on a, a Daz Nielsen jersey. Kieran we'll send never you six Khalil Mack jerseys. <laughs> yes. I have my two-year-old Khalil Mack jersey as well. I have no idea what I'm going to do. I have a Grossman one up there as well, if anybody wants it. Oh, no, no one wants that one, man. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd give me Cutler one away, but I'm going to pretend it's a Gordon jersey from now on. Just, you know, show the front. So. No, what about yourself, man? You get anything planned? No, just going to go on to Twitter to push hashtag PTP. That's about it, really. Yes! <laughs> that's just going to go That's, that's all I'm doing for the next week. <laughs> Pat O'Donnell, if you, if you do watch the show, please don't get offended. We're, we're just... You'll be yes. saying it in a nice yes, way. Do get offended, Pat. Nice you join the Packers. You get yeah. what you deserve. <laughs> enjoy you the weather. A- you, a- you and Adrian Amos, you can enjoy yourselves. But anyway, guys, uh, again, thanks very much for joining in. Uh, catch us again on Thursday. Um, until then, uh, all we can see is bear down. Bear down. Bear down.